Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 18 of the Audible Farm Podcast. I'm your host, my name is Peter Stockdale. This week I'm sitting down with Emery Brown. Uh, We actually kind of grew up from somewhere near the same area. I believe he's from the Fort Dodge area. We talk about that a little bit in the podcast. Um, The two of us have known each other for quite a while, about two years or so, but we've never really sat down and talked a whole lot about uh, what other music he's played in the past, and I know him as the guitarist and singer for The Sleepover, but a lot of other people might know him as the keyboardist for some other bands. He played in Dresden Style, uh, Rhonda's a Dead Bitch, and Troposphere. We talk about those bands a little bit in the upcoming podcast, and uh, how they got their names, and who was in them, and, and what kind of music they played, and, and uh, he used to play keyboards, he plays a little bit more guitar now, uh, He play, I'm sure he would be more than willing to play keyboards somewhere, but this is a really good podcast. We talk about uh, traveling around, playing some shows, uh, The Sleepover played a show in Austin, uh, recently, I mean, it was I think it was last year, but that's that's pretty awesome. Playing shows out of state is always a fun time. So, uh, you know, stick around, listen to the podcast. He tells some fun stories in here uh, from his past, so it's pretty awesome. Uh, this is episode number eighteen with Emery Brown from the Sleepover. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host Peter Stockdale. What is going on, man? How you doing? Hey, pretty good, Peter. Awesome. Uh, sitting down today with Emery Brown. You play guitar and write songs for The Sleepover at the current moment, correct? Yep, yep. and sing. Oh, a singer too. Yes, sir. Play that guitar. What a... You, I mean, I only know you as The Sleepover guy, you know? Like, that's my introduction to you and how I've known you over the years as that guy, but you've been in a handful of other bands too, such as uh, we were talking earlier about Dresden Style and yep. Troposphere. Rhonda is a dead bitch. Um, like, let's start somewhere near the beginning. How did you? Uh, how did you decide to become a musician, or like, what was your first instrument? Yeah, my first instrument uh, was church organ. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I was uh, six years old, and we were all in a room and. My mom got uh, lessons to uh, for me to learn learn good old green sleeves and all that good stuff. Oh yeah. So um, that's what I got. I wanted to play guitar ever since I was six. Um, I think ACDC probably was the first inspiration to play like rock oh, music yeah. and my dad's Rolling Stones records and stuff. That's cool. Um, yeah, and then kind of from there, I. Uh, I didn't really listen to much music that what I could call my own yeah. as far as like that I sought out and got until I was maybe like 12 or 13. Yeah, what was the um, I feel like that's like the common age yeah. most people start to seek out their own stuff. What what would you what did you choose? Yeah, so I listened to um The Offspring, uh Tool, yeah, man. Um Metallica, Pantera, um, I kind of went more the route of rock than metal, yeah. But I always have liked, you know, those the classics. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, Offspring. I feel like was just one of those bands that anybody that was at like that slight adolescent age could kind of glom onto because they were like a serious band, but all their songs were kind of jokey and, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. It kind of started out pretty, pretty much uh, with them. I I understand. Um, 
Dexter couldn't get into the singer of Offspring. Um, him and Noodles, their guitar player, I think. Yep. And someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but they were trying to get into a Dwarves concert, and Dwarves are pretty, pretty freaking intense. They're, they're, um, their songs are mostly uh, obscenities. They have uh, the cover of the one that I'm thinking of is like Naked Ladies, like doused in like pig blood or something. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so it's it's kind of interesting they came out of that. You know, they're the typical yeah. California band, whatever. But um, years, years later, I ended up getting into the Dwarves uh, through a friend of mine. And uh, uh, I think... I think there's that uh, too too fat to fuck song yeah. that uh, um, that you guys play. Yep. That uh, it kind of reminds me of a song off of off of uh, the Dwarves. <laughs> that's pretty album. funny. So you should check them out if, yeah, you, if def- you haven't heard of them. Yeah, I'll definitely have to. I don't. I've never heard of them, so that's pretty cool. So you started out with, uh, I mean, what sounds like the a nice introduction to what you got going on. Like you have, uh, your Metallica's, your Pantera's and you got kind of your punky bands. Um, what was the first song you picked up on a guitar and learned? Um, I think probably iron butterfly along with everybody else. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there's a handful Um, of first songs. Most people learn. And for me too, I was still in keyboards pretty much until, college like just playing piano and things like that off and on but i didn't get a guitar till i was in college i think i was like 18 and uh my parents finally got me a guitar and uh i didn't quit school yeah i ended up going through it yeah that's good because i knew i wasn't that good a smart man and i didn't take any lessons um i think i was about five years in before i picked up a lesson or two and that was just a guy at work uh from a local um like fort dodge band called uh ski band oh nice yep, yep. and they uh um De- dean uh morris was his name he's he's not alive anymore but he he was a big influence on me um because he played guitar he sang uh and played keyboard uh live yeah man for the shows and so he was a big influence because i i always liked keyboard synthesizers and i always wanted to be better at guitar (laughs) yeah yeah so he was he 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 said all right you pick some songs so um the first song i learned from him which i would almost consider the first song that i actually took the time and learned all the parts to was um uh gonna draw a blank yeah it's gonna draw a blank it's uh sublime um the song where they're robbing a liquor store it's like 19 something you're you're asking the wrong person i am not a sublime fan (laughs) like not even a little bit yeah but uh it kind of go it kind of everything kind of reflects back to like um songs that i enjoy with maybe the exception of you know offspring like I like a lot of story songs. Yeah. Man. And so like knocking over a, a liquor store and trying to, you know, get whatever, you like just getting into trouble and stuff like that. Like whether you you yourself got into trouble in the past or you just have a wild imagination. 
You yeah. know, that that kind of that kind of brings me there. Yeah, man. I I mean, some of that I mean, I was just doing a podcast with uh Kobe Murray from the Astro Bastards and we were talking about like song topics and how sometimes even the like sh- most shallow of songs can have like a super deep meaning if you start to like look into it and it's actually kind of cool. I mean, a song about just knocking over a liquor store probably isn't like 100% just about knocking over a liquor store. Yeah, they, they probably, I mean, I'm sure they got into a little bit of trouble maybe getting busted like with weed or something, but I don't, you know, I don't really know that they're criminals. I don't think people really think they're much more dirty hippies if you don't like Sublime. Yeah, so. no, yeah, no kidding. And I've been accused of that, and I, you know, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't consider myself either, but. Yeah, I think that's like maybe the one reason I didn't take to Sublime so much was they just seemed like the hippie band and uh, maybe just too cliche. I'm not sure, but uh, I don't know. That's that's just my preference, I guess. But I just for some reason I just never really took too much to Sublime, and I I don't know why, but it's that was just my personal preference, I guess. So uh, you st- you said you played keyboards. Yep. longer than you've played guitar was there any time you ever tried to like play any popular songs on the keyboards yep and like, the same the first song too like was probably uh in a gata de vita <laughs> yeah. uh but for me i guess just learning popular songs and that's probably only been up to maybe a few years ago where i've actually done it as a band yeah. and and stuck with it but I I had Guitar World and all that kind of stuff uh, as early as I had a guitar. And yep. I'd go online to all the tab sites and stuff. And I was, I learned on, you know, organ and piano. So, yep. like, tabs actually didn't help me that much. Yeah. I, I think for the longest time, I thought like one was six and six was one. And yeah. I was like, I am the crappiest guitar player ever. Yeah, man. Because I was playing it upside, upside down. Upside down. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, like, for me, when it came down to, like, learning songs, if it had some chords in it, like, a lot of even online tab sites, they have, like, this, you know, it's C, C7 and all that. Yep. Um, That actually helped me, but I got bored. And I didn't want to learn. I didn't want to learn other people's songs because I, I had songs that I – I wanted to write. Yeah, man. You know, so even though my skill level really wasn't there, I I tr- tried writing tons of crappy songs, you know, um, without really knowing how to play guitar. And I think the the biggest achievement I had made in guitar was figuring out how the keyboard and the guitar related to each other. Yeah, man. And that took maybe about two two and a half years. Um, I was just finishing college uh from a tech school and uh um and yeah i had started figuring that out and then i was like okay i figured that out now i need to find out how to not look at my hands the entire time that i'm playing guitar yeah that's another so tough one. i just like you know uh play to like candlelight you know and mm-hmm. and and eventually just play in the dark i know that sounds weird but that worked for me really well and uh, all those skills kind of later on helped me and when I actually got into bands, which was many years after my, uh, you know, intro to guitar at 18. Yep. Um, I think it was like just not finding the people that like the same kind of music. Yeah. Um, and like Iowa, there is, you know, a select 
amount of musicians. And in Fort Dodge, Iowa, there's even fewer in, until this podcast i realized there's actually been a lot more yeah there's i just wasn't in the same circles exactly so i you know I'm trying to remember how old i was i was like i think um early to mid 20s when i was trying out for bands but you know just message to anyone that's that's trying to get started is like just because you try out for a band and you don't get it keep trying out for bands because i mean they just might not be the right fit for you or yeah. you might not be the right fit for them and and i found that out like you know i tried first singing yeah i wasn't really i hadn't learned how to scream or anything like that yet yeah and that's what everybody wanted back then yep. you know the late 90s early 20s like yeah it was all metal yep. uh yelling metal yeah uh, like or like drowning pool or something yeah like that. and, and and I would try out for these bands because I liked, I liked, you know, heavier stuff. Like Under Oath was pretty cool because I had synthesizers yep. and like, you know, post-hardcore or whatever you want to call it. And uh, But I couldn't, you know, I could sing like, you know, some Tool songs, but that's, you know, nothing, none of the crazier, you know, throat yeah. type stuff. But yeah. um, and same with guitar. Like I... I started playing with thinking I wanted to play with metal guys because I was listening to like heavier stuff, you know, and um, it's pretty evident that we were both at different levels. So, yeah. Um, also, like, you know, for me, it was Craigslist. That was, that uh -huh. was kind of what got me into it and got me into like some pretty, you know, um, fun uh, <laughs> but strange kind of. Uh, um tryout processes you know yeah Anywhere from like getting driven out to like the east side and like a half burnt down building like singing <laughs> in a kitchen you know uh. and no working water bathroom and stuff i think that that was my first tryout and That's I, pretty I feel wild. like can't get worse than yeah that. it can't get worse than that so i'm just gonna keep doing it and like when I hear, like, Tom, you know, I saw Tom Petty before he died uh -huh. at the Wells Fargo, and, like, one of the stories, he's, like, him and his guitar player, you know, like, he went in, and and they were just like, what, who is this guy, you know, like, you're kind of, you could, you sh it's not a big negative if you come, come into a situation, and you're like, what like why am i here yeah. like what wh who is this guy exactly. you know like it's that a, that could actually be the thing that that takes you somewhere tabla rasa it's that clean yeah. slate man that's uh it's like a common theme i bring up because it's like around des moines there are a ton of different bands and it doesn't seem like uh there's there's a ton but it's also it seems like every show there's uh usually like one or two bands that are don't really fit the bill of like four or five bands and i I always feel like that's kind of a weird thing but a good thing at the same time because it gives you that clean slate you know yeah you know if, if you go in there and somebody's like i've never heard of these guys because they don't they don't play in the same circles because you're not a metal band and you play in a punk band or something right. you show up and you bring it and then everyone's like holy crap these guys are awesome you know yeah. i would have never i would have never gone to one of these shows but since they opened up for one of my buddies bands you know you get one of those types of situations going and i always thought those were pretty cool to you know, just jump into a, a place where you might not think you're going to fit in and try it out because you never know. Yeah, and, and and with that, too, one of my friends that that uh, uh, I met in college, he, he had told me to – he was he didn't – he and I had, like, 
totally different music. He liked Stuck Mojo, which was like a local band. Stuck Mojo? And I was like... Uh, Stuck Mojo from Atlanta? I think so, yeah. Yeah, there was uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, man. Yeah? I was super into... Like, I've met all the guys from Stuck Mojo. Yeah, like, jo- uh, Josh Sinclair, I think, is one of the guys. Hit me up, maybe. let's start a Stuck Mojo cover band. I've been yeah. looking to do that forever. And I and I wouldn't be in it, just it's a personal preference. Yeah, man. But, um, so he, he wanted to take me to, like, Java Joe's and see these guys or whatever. Yep. So I started seeing like open mic nights and stuff and I was like I think the biggest part for me for wanting to make music is um one is to be around music and get to see awesome bands. Yep. And uh um also I just was like you know it might it might not be that hard. You know like yeah. I might be underselling myself and I think I think people when they think they're not good enough, that's like the biggest, um, you know, you're your own worst enemy. Like you're, you're not going to play a show or have the cojones to, to try it. You know, if you think you're not good enough, I, I, I think most people don't get on stage thinking they're going to get laughed at, but I mean, you know, everybody's got that story. Exactly. But you got to start somewhere. Exactly. And, And Iowa has so much talent with musicians. Like, I would go to these shows of, um, I eventually went to shows like the Muse, I think a lot, yep. uh, before I had kids and I, and I would see all these bands, um, Teen Pussy, um, I, I saw a family unit, um, and all those, all those guys I'm friends with now. That's awesome. And, um, you end up going to enough of these shows and, and you definitely become a fan of local music. Oh yeah. And you get to see, uh, something my friend Jim says a lot is like you, you know, you can listen to the radio, but you've heard it all a thousand times. Like exactly. You're listening to fresh music that just came out exactly. and you get to interact with the musicians. Yeah. Like that should be exciting enough to go to shows. Exactly. Especially if you're into making music because um I had uh the first Craigslist ad that brought me to an edition where I ended up getting getting the gig so to speak was Troposphere. And that yep. was a shoegaze band which think of like uh uh Phil Spector okay. uh, back in the Wall of Sound days which All was right. really um and it was really like a big hotel room where all these musicians like whether they're session musicians or not yeah like all making music like in in a hotel like with super thin walls yeah so things would start sounding a lot the same Uh you know but at the same time it was this big sound like you couldn't stop it because the radio is just hit with all these huge numbers and stuff like that yeah and one of the things he liked to do is, you know, lots of reverb, you know, lots of reverb and all that good stuff. Uh-huh. So shoegaze is like, you need reverbed out guitar, preferably like overflowing pedal board with yeah. way too much stuff than you really need. Yeah. And then fuzz is always good and uh, organ. So yep. that's where I came in. All right. So he just said, can you play a G chord? And I played a G chord. He's like, all right, you're in. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, like, this is not how any of the other auditions have that's ever a- gone, ever. <laughs> that's hilarious. You know, it's usually like, <laughs> you know, a bunch of 
you know, just BS, and then you eventually play music, and then yeah. you're done. Yep. And then it's like, oh, it's not gonna work out, but we should be friends or whatever. And it's like, okay, yeah. Yep. I came here to make music. Uh, anyway, so um, the funny thing too about that band is, I walked in the front door and I saw who was sitting on the couch, and it was like, hey, that's the drummer of Teen Pussy. Yep. That's the guitar player of Teen Pussy. Yeah. That's and I, and I like identified them. Oh, yeah. Right away, it's like I saw you play, and I remember being inspired by that a long time ago. Yeah, and uh, that they they told me later that it, you know, like if you couldn't have played, it would have been fine because like the fact that you knew who we were, you know, yeah. and stuff <laughs> like was huge. Yeah, so and, make, making those connections does matter. Yeah, and and when you play around enough um, in different bands, you'll find out that. You know, it was a pretty small, small community. Yeah, it's there really... are a lot of bands, but the the fact is, a lot of them are in, you know, f- four or five different bands. Yep. yep. You know, it's, and uh, some bands don't last forever. So a lot of bands don't. Last. So you end up with the situation where it's like, well, these he was in this band, and then this year he's in this band. Yeah. You know, and that does happen. And we were talking about that a little bit earlier about sometimes it just takes the right meshing of people. You know, yep. and that. Sometimes that comes over ability because if you can find people that can stand next to each other and stand it for long enough, that's sometimes. Yeah. Or at least while you're playing music. Yeah. You know, I've had bands we don't hang out. Uh-huh. Or even av- after we're done playing, we're off like talking to our own friend. Like we have yeah. very different uh, personalities, but I get along with pretty much everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but as far as like mean, everything, everything sweet has kind of a means to an end. Like, troposphere we recorded at a place is scott ogara's house he was in a band called biaudi paoli which i'm sure i'm saying wrong (laughs) um and there's still some active musicians around from from that band oh cool um and they're around uh but uh we um i i have an old like roland synthesizer that i've that i've used forever and i was in the studio and and uh i turned it on and it it didn't nothing happened oh man yeah so i was like first first recording anything ever aside from like maybe a four track like borrowing from the video production guy and yeah in school you know um but uh ended up just being a fuse oh well so i ended up like doing midi which is like for those that don't know it's just like you can record the notes directly into the computer yep. and then later on put sounds to it yeah so um think like a it's almost like a synthesizer keyboard but that you can choose what the yes. synthesizer is after the fact yeah so i was stuck with what other whatever sounds they had initially yep uh but i got that fuse thing figured out the the second day of recording oh that's cool so they're able to run it out through my rig and back oh yeah so re- it, reamping it yep. yeah it's kind of like reamping a guitar exactly yep and that's the sweet thing about today's musicians is a lot of people are doing stuff like that they don't like these plugins you know and they yep. they'll they'll record something on like casio or something anything that has midi out and then they'll go and and uh run it you know through some exactly. awesome vintage yeah. synthesizers or whatever and uh for me i li- i always liked all sorts of types of music like electric synthesizers are generally like dance you know like yep. 
new wave or like uh-huh. a lot of um you know they're like people have asked me like oh you know it's do synthesizer stuff why don't you just make electronic music and i'm like i would but i i tried when before i even had guitar and i use like fruity loops and that kind of stuff yeah and i hated the process of not having anything to turn or slide or whatever yeah. and there weren't really great interfaces back then yeah so for me i just got turned off to it and thought it was i don't like making i i took that as i don't like making electronic music yeah and in reality like uh before i started the project i'm in now i was actually doing electronic music uh and probably what i would be doing now if if i didn't start up this recent band is um doing a computerless setup for electronic music which is a lot to do, do for carrying yeah. the shows and stuff yeah, but, man. but for just doing it in your you know your apartment or houses anybody can do it it just costs a lot of money yeah i uh, <laughs> i went to a music shop when i was in california a couple of weeks ago and I hopped on the turntables because I had some, you know, ones and twos sitting there. So I threw on the headphones and I'm scratching some stuff. They got a laptop there with I don't know what the interface was. Mm-hmm. And I just double clicked a couple songs, set them to the same BPM and started scratching right. away. And then I was like looking back at everything. I'm like, oh, this is a $2,000 turntable and $600 headphones and a $2,000 laptop. And I'm like, all right, I'll put this stuff down and walk yeah. away because I, <laughs> I don't need to play $4,000 worth of equipment, you know, but... It is pretty fun though making. Um, I always just called it beat boop music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just I totally dig it. Uh, as far as creating it, I feel like there's like two different versions that you can make it like live, like you said, with sliders and stuff to turn. Yeah. Or you can just do it all with computer and almost nothing else, and that's not really that much fun to me. I never thought. So. Yeah. If if uh, if anyone ever wants to talk about like electronic music or wanting to do something similar like that, I would totally do like a side project thing where it's just you know hands-on no computer doing electronic music or even just working with like a a old school dj yeah like with vinyl and stuff yeah that's kind of expensive and it takes a lot to haul your stuff around but like even setting like matching the bpms like you're physically i mean you can you can slow the motor yep but like if you ever watch any of those old djs not like scratching DJs, but just matching the tempos by yeah. like using their fingers. All they're to doing slow is to, yeah to find a spot. You know, yeah. You would even see them put like little like um, not white out, but like little tape, a little piece of tape to mm-hmm. find out where they want their sample to be. Yep. So it's like, you know, p- hip hop evolved with that you know MPC where you can load samples into it and stuff uh-huh. like that, but. All that stuff always inter- interested me. I just didn't have the money to do it. Yeah, man. So I just played, you know, keyboard. You yeah. Know, so and I don't. Bl- I don't blame you either. It's uh, there's so much you can do with a keyboard too now. Because I mean, they make those super compact ones that are just like two octaves, and then you Holy can just, crap, then you can yeah. you can send it through and, and then shift it later. So it's yeah. like, well, I want it to be an octave higher than this, and I don't have all those keys, but the computer can tell it. Yeah, so. yeah. Don't be afraid too. Like even if you want to use something like that with live, like I've used modules that don't have keyboards live. Yeah. Um, I used to have like an old Moog Voyager that didn't have a keyboard. It was just the brains of it and had all the switches and knobs. Yep. That was a lot of fun. And you just use whatever keyboard you want with it. As long as it has a way to input 
a MIDI signal. Yep. Whether you want to do it from your computer or you want to just play it live, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you have a little, one with little baby keys, as long as you can plug in something else into it, which a lot of those cheaper synthesizers, they don't have. Um, that's where they kind of had to cheap out somewhere. Yep. A lot of it's the space, you mm-hmm. know? And there's these, like, there's adapters and things you can use. Or oh, whatever, yeah. But, um, so, Troposphere, uh, we, we we recorded our first album, uh, actually EP, and it was Winter Is Here. It had, like, four songs on it, I think. Um, and uh, it was, like, a little 45, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I had never had, really, you know, recorded anything, let alone straight to vinyl you know to vinyl oh, that's stuff. Pretty sweet. and that was really neat and uh that was just kind of the way the guy that ran the band uh jason warden uh he 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 liked to do things it's, yeah. he wanted to release on there so i don't i don't know i know we played some shows as troposphere it's just like a handful but we rehearsed 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 and when the album came out we broke up before it oh that's before we supported it so i had a, I had a whole stack yeah you know because that's how i got paid you uh-huh. know i got paid in vinyl yep um and uh so that band broke up and i just kept going to local shows and there's this band called Rhonda's a dead bitch and i i heard that you know the guy some of the guys from troposphere were in there uh-huh and i went and i was like oh man this is awesome. This is like punk rock, psychedelic rock. Yeah. It was super awesome. And um and I went to I think it was their first and second show. Uh the first show they asked, they said, "Hey, you want to be in this band?" I'm like, "I don't know." Yeah. You know, I kind of like had a semi-sour experience cuz I really wanted to support an album right that yep. was like one of my goals yep and uh so like i think it was the second show he gave me a teen pussy vinyl oh, from cool. that band that i mentioned a long time ago yep. I saw him in, and it said um i have it still i think the ink got smudged on it a little bit but it's like please please emery join ron is a dead bitch i don't know what i'll do with this band you know like just yeah. like a total like please please join like you're, yeah you're i think you would really fit and i was like punk band synthesizer I, at the time i didn't know of suicide or um i had listened to devo but like i hadn't really known punk bands associated with synthesizers yeah so i was like i don't know and i just show up just whatever and uh i hooked up some of the old sampler dj type equipment that i had appropriated when i was trying to get that route yeah and i used the multi effects from it okay so i i ran some so what my sound was in troposphere was very different uh-huh. in run as a dead bitch because i'd use i use a dime bag daryl uh, crybaby wah through it yep. through organ oh that's cool and did drones and stuff and there's 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 so much of Rhonda's a dead bitch like 100 plus almost i learned almost 200 songs in that band i think oh crazy and uh granted a lot were short because they were punk rock band of uh, punk rock songs but um it was it was so much fun luke crow played drums in that 
Okay. He's he's an amazing drummer. He lives uh, in the Iowa City area now. Oh, cool. And uh, I think he he plays like I think just for fun now. Uh huh. But um, one of the best drummers, you know, aside from maybe Clint, you know, that I've worked yeah. <laughs> that I've worked with. But uh, at any rate, um, you know that that is a band I I do miss. We had n- the name Ron is a dead bitch was uh, from uh something that was sprayed on a uh uh bus bench downtown okay. yeah in Des Moines like, oh yeah but um i think it was i think if i remember right jason told me it was it wasn't spray painted as like lipstick or something okay so it had it taken like five things of lipstick to write Rhonda's a dead bitch on there <laughs> and a lot of time yeah a lot of time to yeah. do that and then, like one day, like he heard out the, out his office window and wherever he worked at the time, he's like, you know, I'm gonna kill you, Rhonda. Like the shit. Like hey, there Jesus. was there was something something between two ladies that that you know one of them one of them didn't like Rhonda. Yeah, one of them did not like Rhonda, and that that was that was where that name came from. That's and we hilarious. were as a band, we did a lot of experimentation. Like yeah, our songs like. You know, we had crazy frequencies in there that might make your ears bleed or just not want Oof. you to come back to a show. Yeah. And, like, that was always, I think, the leader of the band's idea is, like, we're abrasive. Yeah. If you don't like it, fuck you. Yeah. The people that like us are really going to like us. But oh, yeah. we, we weren't out there to bring fans in. Uh-huh. And towards the end of Rhonda's a Dead Bitch, people would come up to us, like, you know, like just around town and be like, that was a fucking sweet show the other day or whatever, awesome. you know, yeah. I recognize you and stuff. And, and, uh, there, you know, I don't know what happened one year with the city view. I don't know if like someone like got threatened to put us in there or whatever, but we ended up in there as like one of the bands, right. To be, voted on or whatever yeah. and we got voted over the nadas oh crazy as best band in des moines oh, that's insane And people always that was the other thing people were always like how the hell did that happen and we don't even know yeah like we're like i don't know like i think my wife voted once but that wouldn't be enough yeah you know so like and for those people that don't know city view is a magazine uh in des moines yeah and they uh uh, it's like every year they used to have something like that. Do they still yeah, do like that? Yeah, like best burger and best yeah. whatever, and best usu- venue. They're usually, you know, pretty spot on with everything that goes on. They, yep. they pick the best of the best and, and throw them in there with a little competition. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's awesome that you beat the Nadas because they're probably one of, like, the premier bands around the state that, you, you know, everybody just digs so much. Yeah. Whether or not it's your style of Again, music. but not a fan personally, but, but like... That they, doesn't mean they're not no, good. Right. Yeah. They, they played our college, and I was like, oh, man, I, I'm attending this super cool business school that has this... Uh, has uh, has uh, Nadas, uh, or this band called the Nadas, and they're supposed to be super great. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, this is definitely not for me. Like, yeah. there's definitely people into it. And then, so, like, years later, it's like, oh, they... Because Nadas, I think, win every year. Yep. In City View. Oh, yeah. And we had won, and I was just like, oh, my God, this is... That's crazy. You know, like, we got to step our game up. Yeah, you no know? <laughs> Yeah. So we got a new singer, um, Ty P, who 
Um, I don't know if you know Peter, but nope. I know uh, the Dark Mirror guys do. Yeah. Um, he's pl- still playing with those guys, I believe, in a band called Witch Elm. Okay, yeah. Um, but, uh, which I still have yet to see, but... I haven't seen him either. I don't I think they play that most often. I've certainly heard of them, though, so um, props to them. Yeah, so Ron is a dead bitch. We ended up going and... Um, re- we've actually released two vinyl records. I think both you can get at Triple Z. Cool. One is Laos, and that was um, like like Vietnamese. Yeah. The, the location, Laos, uh-huh. right? Yep. And um, that's a really weird psychedelic record. Yeah. Um, the Witch album, which was the second and last album, which came out after we broke up again. I think that was a two and a half year stint or whatever, but we used to play a lot and we were starting to get a following and, uh, the witch is, uh, kind of like a black metal album. Oh, cool. And that was a super challenge for me too. Cause I, I, um, when I played that, I, uh, or learned the songs off there, like I had to play keyboard totally different, you know, yeah. like it was, it was a challenge because we uh-huh. were switching time signatures all the time and yeah. all that stuff. So it was cool. Um, in in those two bands, uh, Rhonda's Dead Bitch and Troposphere, I both um, had parts kind of written out, but it, there's a lot of emperor, um, yeah. room for um, you just flavor. Free, yeah, you know? freelancing your own yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But um, so after, towards the end of Rhonda's a Dead Bitch, we were not playing very much yeah and i really missed playing live like that's if you know me that's like i like to perform like yeah that's that's one of my favorite things that's the best best part about being a musician put any instrument in my hand like i'll find a way to try to make it entertaining for you yeah you know yep and um you know i might not play it that well but i'll find a way to make it entertaining yeah yeah (laughs) uh and it helps us surround yourself with really good musicians. Exactly. Like, I don't know where I would be. Because um, it makes you make yourself better. Oh, yeah. I mean, like not o- not only do you look good standing next to them, because that's always my joke, like with Three yeah. Finger Betty. It's like, dad, look at all these guys I get to stand next to. They rip, you know, yep. and I just get to look good and hold a fancy guitar. And <laughs> yep. So I was the head in the crowd for a band called uh, Dresden Style, and they asked me a few times. I was in Run as a Dead Bitch at the time, and I said, no. Nah, I don't think I you know, just had my first kid. Like I don't think I can join a second thing. Ron yep. is a dead bitch. Practice twice a week. Like, oh, nice for a band that seems so experimental and like would give you a different show every time because we would do a completely different set. A lot of times, play none of the same songs we did before. Yeah, like we'd constantly be broadening broadening you with new music. But uh-huh. anyways, so dress and style. They played like St. Patty's Day at the Fremont and like they kind of had a regular gig gas lamp had just opened. I'd played there once with Rhonda's a dead bitch. And I think my first gig with Dresden style was again, I played keyboard organ there, but they were more like rock and roll straight up. Like, you know, old seventies kind of influenced indie rock stuff with organ, you know, like, yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, we had a bass player, and I think I practiced with him a few times, and um, they ended up kicking him out. I didn't know that uh-huh. when they were asking everybody about that. And I was like, it's your band. I'm not going to tell you 
what to do or what not to do. I don't know anybody. I'm brand new. Yep. And uh, so I think he was asking me that because I ended up having to play bass, keyboard uh-huh. like the Doors, and then also playing melody and textures. Okay. And in that band, they didn't tell me what to play. Uh huh. And they, some of them knew kind of like, um, the classic stylings of music, you know. But most of them uh-huh. just learned by ear or just by figuring it out so if i asked them like what are you playing there they might not be able to tell me yep but um because of what i learned in college with playing keyboard and guitar i was able to kind of follow along to pick it up like it was it was like every step that you take kind of prepares you for the next step Uh uh-huh and that is so true i think no matter who you are where you're coming from like right now like you might not be where you want to be but just set the goal, like, of just, like, if you want to play in a different band, especially locally, like, be that head in the crowd. Because yeah. you'll get noticed. Like, oh, yeah. Especially if you're in another band. Because uh-huh. everybody's always needing something. Uh-huh. You know, and it's like. Yeah, and I mean, nothing's ever set in stone with no. a band. Like, uh, if you see a guy playing guitar and singing, it's probably because they don't have a singer. Right. You know, it's not that they don't want a singer or they, and it's not that they need a singer because that guy's doing that, but sometimes yep. that's the situation, you know, and, you know, just give or take whatever. You guys and only have one guitarist in your band. Maybe you need to and you just can't yeah. find one. You don't know. And just because they're not asking for it doesn't mean they're not looking and you never know. I mean, you just never know. Well, and I, and the, yeah, and I mean, music has, is not, there's no rule that shouldn't be broken. You know, exactly. it's like you yeah. got you got to try it. Like I saw Skin of Earth. Um, they don't have a singer. They have two guitar players and a drummer. Rob Ogg's in a whole bunch of different bands. Uh-huh. Um, and um, uh, Andrew Smelter from Traffic Death, the bass player in that uh-huh. band, like he, um, he wanted to be in Skin of Earth. Like kept he was kind of that that head in the crowd. Like kept saying please can i play bass for you guys yep and he wasn't in that band for very long because traffic death was born yep and and they're pretty big locally you know um i you know he added something but at the same time skin of earth has always been you know two guitar players and a drummer and it sounds huge yeah you know like tuning and what gear they're going through and like great musicians they are oh yeah but um let's uh i want to i wanted to backtrack for a second you were talking about how you got a couple vinyls available at triple z yep and uh for everybody that's not uh des moines area person triple z is the one of the record stores here in town correct yep on ingersoll yeah they got uh a lot of local musician stuff in there as well as like used records and things like that correct yep because i i mean i haven't been to triple z i mean sorry triple z but i haven't been there in probably like three or four years yeah i mean yeah so i'm glad to hear it's like at least still around and still doing oh yeah what they set out to do they from have a the pretty get-go. they have a pretty fair selection of local music um i know red rooster yep that was um, the other one he's, I remember. A, he's a huge fan of music and i have my stuff my current project in there which i'll get to in a minute um and um um and then another place uh marv's you had mentioned um i think i think uh you can find some cool stuff there i don't know if he has local music or not but i've never been in there i'm stoked but the um 
Vinyl Cup Records, which is kind of close to where we're doing this at, yep. um, is really awesome. And they they are definitely a place you should have your your music at. They don't really have CDs though, so if you have vinyl, if you make vinyl, yeah, any of local vinyl, get it in there. Definitely. Um, he, as far as like cuts that are that chops take, which they every right they should. Yeah, you definitely. Know? Yeah, they got the storefront. Um, they got to pay for the space. You know, he he's the most like. I like having the records everywhere, but I want to get them there because he wants to give back. Yeah, like he he's has shows in his place sometimes. Oh, that's cool. Like acoustic kind of shows yeah. and stuff, but um, buy from there so it sticks around. Yeah, you no know? kidding. Well, that's that's what's awesome to hear that like these because I started doing like record collecting maybe about eight years ago, ten years ago, and I started hitting up like Triple Z Red Rooster. I'd go to like the record. Uh, they used to have uh, little meetups at like the hotels and shit around town and mm-hmm. they'd have like everybody would set out all their like records they were going to sell and whatever and you'd go pick up like oh, everyone's got 90 copies of you know night moves bob seeger but i right. don't have one so i'll take this one for a dollar you know and it's and he's he puts in the uh the guy that runs that the name's fleeting me at the moment but he he goes to all those and he like picks a great collection and like yeah like as this he was buying for himself uh-huh and everyone you know all of his friends you know and he does that that's awesome. Um, he also does like a, uh, like you can buy a spot to have your records there, uh-huh. and you yep. keep a hundred percent of the profits from it. Yep. So it's like a one-time fee. I don't know if it's changed, but it's pretty reasonable. That's awesome. Just to have it there, and your initials are in there along with the price. Oh, that's cool. So when I so when I walked in there, there's a section called local music, and I was like, sweet, but where's the local music? Because it was like. Rolling Stones, like Alabama, there was some like replacements. I'm like, these uh-huh. guys They're not local. No. It's like, oh, they're local people in Des Moines that are selling music. Yep. Yeah. So there's a separate section for that. You yeah, know? that's pretty funny. And so. so you can find deals and he he stays out of their pricing. So if they want to price it super cheap, yeah. cheaper than his or more way more expensive than his you know, well, there, there's always a crazy yeah. mishmash of stuff there. There's usually like metal records and like, yeah, I mean, everything from the 70s and 80s for rock. And I mean, just pretty much most of the records you would think would be there, plus a bunch of the ones you might want to find there. Because I remember yeah. buying some like Maiden records there and they have like imports and all sorts of other stuff going on. Yep. So that's pretty awesome. I think it's awesome to hear that you got music in all these shops. It's yeah. even crazier to hear you got it on vinyl. And Yeah, and don't forget Underground Rock Shop. Underground too. Rock Shop, yeah. Um, uh, Steve, that, Steve Ratcliffe. Yeah, he's 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 the only store that I've been in where instead of consignment, like what I was kind of talking about, yeah, he was just like, uh, so what do you want to sell these for? Okay. Oh, so he just uh, like bought them from you outright. He buys them from you upright. So I... I don't have anything there right now because they got sold out or stolen. I I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The- I, I know the guy that that I handed them to. He wanted to listen to it, so he like bought a cut. You know, he's like, I'm gonna, whatever. Yeah. You know, but uh, but yeah, and they have shows there too. I still have yet to play there, but yeah. But it's something to consider. I mean, you might not be getting as much as you might be from there. You know, but still, you know, it's because I feel like it was, it was close to fifty percent. You know, uh-huh. so. If you have CDs, you need to get in stores, and you don't want them to just sit collecting dust. That might be something that you can do. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so back to Dresden style. I was with them for another two and a half years. I was doing both of those, Rhonda's Dead Bitch and Dresden style at the same time. Yeah. Um, we didn't record anything on there with the exception of a friend of mine, Dan Hutchinson. He did a Des Moines um, Volume 1 comp. Oh, album cool. of a bunch of local bands awesome um a lot of those local bands aren't around anymore so yeah. you really need to get out to shows and see them while they're still around yeah uh but it's cool that there's a record that has a dresden style on song on there yeah it's like a, that's all i have recorded that's like a like snapshot we, in time we were pretty much just a live band you that's know, awesome that didn't play covers and we still had a pretty decent following you know so it's you know, like you don't have to be a cover band to get people to come to your shows. You just have to be available. Yeah. And you have to get to the people that want to see your shows. Bingo. Yep. It's all um, about finding the place to play and playing in front of the right people. Yep. So Dresden Style ended up petering out because, um, you know, the lead singer kind of didn't want to do music anymore. Uh huh. Which I still can't understand just because, like, I have to make music. It's yeah. not like some people, I, I hear it every now and again, like, oh, I just didn't want to make music anymore. Like, I feel like you, you're you ingrained with it and yeah, you're going to gonna stick with it. And to a certain extent, some people want to just maybe do it a couple times just to say they did. But um, um, anyway, so... Yeah, and I mean, like, I get it. Like, I made music for a while and, and quit making music just for the simple fact that, like, A, I didn't know who to make it with, and, like, B, the people I had around to make music with I didn't really want to make music with, and it was just, like, a personal choice, so I just quit playing music. But, I mean, I I don't know if I ever really 100% stopped. Every now and then I'd pick a guitar up and play a song. But, yeah, I mean, I took, like, five years off and didn't play, like, almost yeah. almost at all. Like, surely didn't learn anything new. I wouldn't have guessed either, because, I mean, I didn't know you before, but... Yeah, you you uh, definitely have came into your your spot. Yeah, I've definitely found it. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, that's, that's something weird though too about like joining a band and trying to figure out exactly where you fit in. Yep, and life happens too. Like, I I went from playing two three times a week, you know, to like yep. just playing maybe once a week. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But uh, it's just important to keep doing it if you if you can make it happen. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not like riding a bike. You don't you can't just like stop and pick it back up and be just as good as you were. Yeah, you know, believe it or not, it it takes that constant constant playing and and just getting after it. Yep, whatever it is, you just a little practice, play with your band, play with some buddies. You just gotta keep that keep your knife sharp, I guess. Yep. So. When uh, Dresden Style stopped, um, shortly after Dark Mirror stopped playing yep. too. Yep. And I had always wanted to. I was always wanted to make music with Marco, the mm-hmm. bass player. I kind of became friends with him. Oh yeah. Started just being ahead in the crowd kind of thing too. Like. Yep. I saw him first at GDP, which was a thing downtown. Yep. Um. It still is, but they used to have it at the Holiday Inn, I think. I think so. And uh, they had it where there was several rooms at one time uh, that had different bands playing in each, or different band playing in each one. So you could literally, if you didn't like it, just you walk just go to a different room. So you could find your flavor pretty quickly. Yeah. 
um, you know, and uh, it's kind of like a, you know mini festival that way. A lot of those uh-huh. outdoor festivals have side stages, you yep. know. So it was like that, but um, you know, you get in the Skywalk and you find this place, and That's uh, you, sweet. you get to meet a lot of people and oh yeah, see a lot of faces, you know. But um, yeah, Dark Mirror got a hold of me that way. But oh, that's um, pretty sweet. I was just an instant fan. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Back when Marco still wore cowboy boots and he had long locks of hair. Yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> you know, but uh, so, anyways, I, I I used to have hair too, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. So I messaged Marco. I said, "Hey, kind of, what are you doing?" You know. Yeah. And I had written some songs, um, in my basement, you know. Uh-huh. And I was. Tr- playing with some guys off craigslist like that i didn't know because i wanted to try that just yep. to play with new people uh-huh. and uh, i think one of them said uh i'm you know going through a divorce or whatever um and so he ended up stopping and i ended up with songs i'd wrote you know yeah so i decided that i gotta they can't stay in the basement like there's no point of just like writing songs and leaving them yeah leaving them in one spot i mean now you can at least upload them to the internet i guess but yeah you know to do it proper you want to for me personally for writing songs like i want to play them live yeah you know and watch them evolve and then go in the studio there's some people that like i don't get how like some modern musicians like you know they, they they have like a contract a record contract to go and record you know an album so yeah they have gobs of studio time uh-huh. and they don't know what they're gonna sometimes don't even know what they're gonna record and they just start like plucking away at stuff and then they're stuck playing those songs for yep. exactly. a tour or two and a half or if if they end up making it you know exactly for the rest of their damn lives so yeah uh i would rather get it till i enjoy playing it and it just becomes a living breathing thing yep because a lot of things that start on the uh like acoustic guitar end up being uh um something that is very personal and intimate but it ends up being something totally different when you play it exactly um so uh the drummer of that band was um but anyways marco joined he's he was down for what i was doing and uh uh jason from Ronda's a dead bitch, which um troposphere. Yep. He had kind of started playing drums a year oh. or two prior, and he said I'd give it a shot. We played our third show, and he just was like, "Ah, it's not for me, right?" Yep. And uh, and I had set up to studio time, and I had a uh, big show coming up with Night Demon. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh crap! Like this is only like two months away. Both of these things. Uh huh. I don't have a drummer." Like, yeah, what do man. I do? Like, I hadn't put any money down yet on the recording time, but... It's all I've, scheduled out. Yeah, it's so all scheduled you out. You don't want to be the guy that drops back out. And... Yeah, you know, that sucks. But, um, so Marco was like, oh, let's ask Clint. And he's like, he's in a few different things, you know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I didn't really think to have you ask him. I know you know him, but um, it would be sweet. He's like, no, 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 let me just ask him. And and he uh he talked to him and he's like, yep, I'm in. Yeah. And uh and I told him I was like, hey, you know, I I need you for this show, uh, with Night Demon. And he's like, sweet, because he he's yep. a fan. Yep. And uh and I need you for the recording. And he and he was like, all right, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, after that, you can do whatever you want. Like if you want to 
like totally separate after that i can understand you know yeah you weren't really presented like hey do you want to play this you know you were just like mark was like hey can you do me a favor exactly yeah and that was like i don't know two two and a half years ago yeah i think so like it's been a it's been a wild ride yeah dude uh you got a couple of awesome guys backing you up in the sleepover that's for damn sure yep yep and uh and yeah, and they're they're in unity now yep. with you. So yep, um, you know I, I'm gonna utilize them when I can. I kind of hope unity takes off, you know, and gets bigger and bigger shows. Um, but you know that's just the way things are. And like I uh, I work with uh, a couple other guys right now. Just if Marco and Clint can't do it. Because uh-huh. sometimes there are things that come up that, w- from a sleepover standpoint, we really need to play. But we, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we mentioned it. Like, we need to do it. Yeah, Clinton, like five bands or whatever, yeah. you know. And and Marco was for a while running for governor, yep. and then he was running for uh, what was it state attorney? Yep. This one, right? Yeah. That was yeah. Right. So we released our album in August of 2017. Shortly later, played. Uh, Iowa Public Radio. Yeah, and that, that was Studio a th- One. Yeah, that was, was a, that was a thing that came out of Twitter. Yeah, and I'm, with and I'm Tony not, Daner. Yeah, and, yeah. And, Tony's and, like the best on Twitter. Yeah, he's such a nice guy. I love him to death. And I'm yeah. not good at Twitter. Like, yeah, especially now. Like I used to be better, um, because I sent stuff to radio stations, and they say that's usually a good way to yeah keep keep a bug in their ear yeah because they you know that you still exist directly directly (laughs) notifies them that you are trying to get a hold of them it's kind of nice yeah i'm more into instagram lately um i don't know why i just i like seeing what bands are up to yeah uh, rather than like seeing politics and stuff on twitter and all that stuff so i can totally see that so i've kind of went off face i'm on facebook um uh, facebook.com slash the original sleepover. I think that's right. I think that's what it is. You, you can fact check me later, but, um, and then on, uh, on Instagram, I'm the dot sleepover. Yeah. Um, and we're on Spotify and yeah, iTunes. Cause you and Clint Marco Amazon, got that album that recorded and yep. you ended up putting that on like everywhere. Everywhere. Yep. 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 So, I mean, you can definitely check out the sleepovers material on it is on Spotify. And I remember it's kind of hard to find because there, was there are other, other bands sleepovers. called the sleepover. Yeah. And it was weird because there was like, I remember seeing like there was bands called sleepover. Yeah. And, and there was also like the sleepover and there was a couple of those. And there's the Hong Kong sleepover, which I did a album review on. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're kind of cool too. But, um, but yeah, and on Song Kick were the sleepover and in brackets US. Okay. You know, so you can follow us there. That that I've linked that up somehow, so like anytime I post, somehow it knows I'm playing a show. Yeah, your Facebook was the sleepover official. So Yep. Yeah, and it's got a picture of you on there with uh I believe, right? With Clinton Marco. Yeah, yeah. We um so the album came out um yeah, August 2017 yep that's yeah that picture's from the mohawk uh we went to austin like we didn't have our intent was to have cds in hand yeah 
And we had, I was like burning CDs on the way down there because I had it mastered. I just didn't have the production time. Yep. Was like a few days later yeah. than I expected. So like, and while I was in Texas, they arrived at my door. Oh, man. So that sucked. But um, I went down because his, uh, Clint's band Speedrun was playing and Marco was helping him out with that too to play the Austin Music yep. Classic Video Game Fest. Yep. And so I was like, well, I'm the only one preventing sleepover to play down there so there's no like i'll help with gas or whatever you guys need so that i can play a show because you know part of it i know other musicians have mentioned like it's good to just say you've played a place yeah you know and the mohawk is like you know randy newman or not randy newman but gary newman was like playing the next week from the cars you know and um um yeah, like they have two stages. One kind of the stage we played on looked like something straight out of Red Green. Oh, cool! Yeah, like a stuff like Porcupine or whatever. Yeah, man. Possum Lodge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. So like, we got pretty hammered at that show. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of people there, even though like I, I like promoted the crap out of it. I I tried. I promoted it as like Speed Run was gonna play. Yeah, and um. And then the sleepover wasn't going to be the headlining. It was just going to open, right? Yep. Because they already played the classic video game fest. It was just ending. And then the guitar player, um, Eric, who who lives in Austin, he was starting a job the next day. So he yep. couldn't, he had to back out. So I like found like this like kid that opened up the Austin classic game fest. Um, and, uh, he just played guitar and had like a bunch of program beats, but he had like the Michael Jackson. Thing. Oh, that's nuts! He had the whole '80s thing going on, and he oh, had just cool. moved back to Austin. And he was trying to find a foot in to play music again. Oh, cool! And so, like, I was like, "Hey, man, will you open for the Sleepover? We yeah. had a band drop and stuff." And he's like, "That would be so awesome!" Oh, cool! Yeah, and uh, so he ended up doing his thing. We had we the people that were there like were either people I messaged directly that I had no idea who they were on Facebook yeah, and still are people that I communicate with today. Like there's still like that's fans cool. of some sort, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, some, you know, maybe a handful of people from that classic game fest, but we had, uh, um, a video game console set up at the bar oh sweet so the bartender ran this thing on sundays where they had like once a month they had like super nintendo all these games you could play yeah so it was just it was just the coolest show i think i've played there wasn't a whole lot of people there because like kind of how i marketed it it was for speed run and it, yeah. they couldn't play so that kind of sucked but um you know i had updated the flyers and stuff before i handed them out and whatnot but yeah um but yeah, that we did that. We did the state fair, Iowa Public yeah, Radio. The state fair is pretty sweet. Hopefully, we do the state fair again. Um, I'm looking to play like new places, like outside of Des Moines. So if any play, anybody that's listening like knows of a bar or whatever that you want to see the sleepover, um, I guess I didn't even say what kind of music it is. It's like uh, rock, uh, punk influences from like 70s, 80s. Yep. Um, I know Marco and. And Clint bring the metal, and I bring more, uh, like, the punk rock influences and stuff. Yep. But they still mesh at some point, yeah, you know? Yeah, it still does a lot. Um, 
like Ving from Fear. He's like one of my f- favorite musicians right. and and stuff. Um, Mark was like, "Yeah, do you know Megadeth? Who is also like one of my childhood yep. favorite bands?" Is like, you know, like Megadeth did. Uh, uh, Ving was the singer. And they called it uh, MD45. MD45, yeah. And I was like, what? So I was yeah. just like listening to that before I came here. Oh, and cool. I was like, so there's, there is crossover between that. Uh-huh. And and I agree, there should be a variety of music. It's just venues want to draw people, and they know they're taking a bigger risk if they have, maybe they're taking a bigger risk if they have different types of music playing. Yeah. Um, Because you end up with something you said earlier, like... um. And one of your other podcasts about podcast episodes where it'd be cool to have like hip hop guy, you know, yep. and all this other stuff. But the the thing that you could run into is like, you know, well they all clear out after they see the exactly the style of music they like. So yep, um, trying to be a little bit more cognizant of that this year. And and uh, I've always tried to play with bands that I would want to go see. Uh-huh. So if people ask me to play, I I try to stick with what I know. I would pay money yeah, to go see. You'd pay money to go see it so that yep. people that come to pay money to see you get a full experience. Yeah, and I, and then I'm not like you know, if if I invite a friend to play uh to to one of my shows and it just happens to not be like that big of a show, um I don't feel bad because I'm exactly. like I'm giving you yeah. like something that's special that you're going to come home with and you're a lot of my friends that do go to the shows, I know they like the type of music yep. of the other bands that are playing, and I'm like, I know they're going to buy this like touring musician's album. Yep. yep. So like, most touring bands I play with, they're not like disappointed if there's a not that great of a turnout because they're there might be ten people there, but they're all buying merch. Yeah, there's ten people that all enjoy. So this that time. like to me, that's for a band perspective, that's probably a better show for them. Yeah. Um, from a venue perspective, maybe not, you know, I think 50 is like the magic number for most of the smaller clubs that they want to, they want in their drinking booze, but you know, you bring in friends that drink a lot of beer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Then they usually invite you back. So leaving it all out. But yeah, so what's up? Uh, we don't have any shows coming up that I have booked yet. Um, we've been asked to play a couple shows, but I just haven't found the fit yet. Yep. Um, I'm sure Three Finger Betty is going to be a band I'm going to be playing to get uh, yeah. quite a few times like we usually try to do. Yeah, man. Um, we fit in pretty well together. And uh, releasing an album later this year. Oh, cool. Um, probably record it by March is yeah. my goal. Um, and, uh, you know, get out of Des Moines and play some, play some shows to try to support it, hit the uh, cities that we've already played before that know us and yeah, get I some mean, more people out there. That I mean, that's like a little bit of a call to arms because even though like we are in Des Moines and Des Moines is kind of seen as like the quote-unquote epicenter of where the music's at in Iowa, it, there's certainly other places we could play where there's plenty of good music that yep. like I wouldn't mind playing, you know, Quad Cities, Omaha, Cedar Rapids slash Waterloo, uh, Cedar, you know, That'd be Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Cedar Rapids. I mean, we like Three Finger Betty played Iowa City one time. Wouldn't mind going back. Yeah. I mean, there's smaller towns like I wouldn't mind giving like a Tumwa a chance. You know, go down to like Keokuk or something. And yeah, like, and you played a show in Burlington last year, I believe. Yeah, the Washington. That's a pretty sweet place. Yeah. And that was pouring, but the people in there bought merch. Yeah, dude. 
you know and they got to see a killer show exactly and they told us afterwards man i love whatever band from des moines yep but you guys also kick it and i don't usually listen to punk rock or whatever but yeah pretty sweet you know and that kind of stuff like that comes home with you yeah dude you know and and that fuels you to make more music and keep uh-huh. going and you need that like so if, yeah definitely. if you're ever at a show and you notice their turnout's not that great compliment somebody it might mean a lot <laughs> yeah i mean like even if you enjoy it just go tell the person you enjoy it because i don't know i always thought that was one of those weird things where like there's no reason i should think something's awesome and then just keep it to myself yep. like there's no reason i should go to a show have somebody like pour their heart and soul out enjoy it a bunch and then just go home and not tell them i enjoyed yep. it you know because it's it takes a lot of creative talent um to just get out there and do it first off and then you know just having the feedback is necessary just to let people know, you know, why you came, who, how you found out about the band, anything. Just like, oh, this is my fourth time I've seen you or I've dr- I drove an hour to see you. You know, like sometimes even that stuff, like I live out in the sticks and driving down here and it's like, yeah, I, dr- I drove two hours to pay $5 to see a bar band. And yeah. these bar bands are like, are you serious? It's like, I've driven more, spent, you know, spent more and had way less yielded out of the night so don't worry about it you know yeah and at that austin show um i just happened to see someone in des moines that we knew oh no like was on facebook or whatever like seeing their brother or whatever so i invited them to the show and they came out dude that's awesome so it was like that was the coolest thing ever that is so awesome and uh uh lefties i played a show and they're like yeah we came up from kansas city to see you i'm like what that's insane Like, like that's a long ways he's like i'm sorry i didn't he messaged me after the show. He's like, I'm sorry I didn't talk to you after the show. I'm super nerd, like super socially awkward and stuff. But yeah, like we all are. You guys should play a show in Kansas City <laughs> sometime. I'm like, we will. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, so it's it's crazy. I mean, just, you know, don't don't undersell yourself. And you don't exactly. have to play in a bar necessarily. You can no. play a house show. Yeah, dude. Like my favorite, one of my favorite shows this last year was at my um friend brian's house who was a door guy at lefties and it was huge it was like a i mean the the purpose of the show was you know hey i want to have some bands play at like a welcoming for my house you know yep and stuff and you know we we ended up playing with a lot of people that were maybe part of like the um jam band crowd yeah. you know yeah and so we were very different oh yeah we didn't have acoustic instruments uh-huh. we thought we were gonna blow their roof off which we kind of did yeah but people dug it exactly you know? and the cops didn't get called and no one did anything stupid yeah and uh yeah so like even touring like i would love to play house shows you oh, know man. like play some sleepovers that would be pretty cool dude ha, the sleepover <laughs> playing sleepovers called the sleepover tour yep I'll only play a show at your house if I can crash on your couch. Exactly. Yeah. Is, so if you so got a couch. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So you got uh you got all the social media. I know you've got a Twitter account as well for the sleepover. Um I don't know exactly what is it T dot sleepover. I think it's like T S O sleepover. Yeah. It you're it, on there. It's weird. But y- yeah, you can find it. Um you got all your stuff online for the sleepover. Yep. You, you, you got a YouTube channel, you got a couple of a yeah. video or two yeah. on there. Yeah, your um, music video's got quite a few views, man. Is it copy of me? Yeah, copy of me. It's just like in the basement where we play. Yeah, man. And there's a kid. Uh, that was kind of a fun story too. So Marco took a video broadcast or broadcast radio broadcasting yep. 
course at the at Des Moines DMU or whatever yep. downtown. And so he knew the professor there, and he hooked us up with this kid that needed to do a project, and he was doing a music video. That's awesome. He's like 17. The oh. guy that did that video, you should go and check it out, but he's like 17 years old. That's sweet. And he's like, I don't go to shows. Like, I'm like, what kind of music do you like? He's like, you you wouldn't know it. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. like, I'd check it out. You know, he's like... Yeah, it's a totally different style of music. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. I respect your opinion. Yeah. And he came down, and I was like, oh, man, I hope he doesn't, like, because if I was a 17-year-old kid and I was, like, to walk down those stairs, yeah, like, I'd be like, oh, God, I'm it, not leaving. Yeah, no kidding. Like, this is it. I'm dead. Because, you know, as a young person, like, even in your 20s, going to try out for a band, yep. like, on the east side, and, and that show, I was living in or that tryout, I was living in Fort Dodge at the time. Yeah. They came and picked my ass up. Oh, jeez. And he had a, like, broken out window. Uh-huh. I don't know why my mom let me, like, jump in the car. That's but insane. I, <laughs> broken out window. He didn't, I think I had to give him, like, a few dollars gas because, like, yeah. he was broke. Like, oh, God. Whatever. And that is fine. But we had a nice talk. I mean, we became friends instantly over that. Yep. He ended up becoming a carny later. So I don't know. I've thinking he's still alive somewhere but um but anyways yeah he uh drove me out there and uh uh, just going and like them first of all warning me about the drummer and stuff and how you know his bedside manner is not the best yeah you know don't let him freak you out or whatever it's like that's you know i know i've talked a lot but you can always if you want to hear any of my stories again or whatever, I'm always willing to <laughs> talk about it. But yeah, you know, I th- I think I think that's pretty much brings you up to today. Yeah, um, I mean, like it's it's also kind of crazy that you're from near where I'm from. I yep. mean, you're from Fort Dodge, and I'm from Humboldt, and then I didn't meet you until I started playing music in Des Moines, and yeah. you were playing music with a buddy of mine that I grew up with, and so it's like I mean, you and Clint were from close to the same. It's just kind of a neat yeah. neat thing. So. I don't and, know. and I know other Fort Dodge musicians too that you haven't interviewed yet, so I can, I can give you a heads up. Yeah, on, feel free to point me in the right direction to check out that influenced me. Yeah, totally. Because before I even auditioned for stuff, I didn't know if I was auditioning. I showed up to people's practices, you know. Yeah. Because I was so into music, I just wanted to be around it, you uh-huh. know. And so I like watched people play like different, you know, different bands and stuff before I even really. Yeah. You know, got the bug to do it. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's just great talking to you. I mean, like, we we have talked quite a bit, but I don't think we've talked, um, like, nearly this in-depth ever before. So it, <laughs> so it is awesome to actually get to talk well, to you, even though I've known you for, like, two years. Yeah, you know? and you usually have to jet after, you know, after you play, you know, yeah. especially when it's, like, 1 in the mor- one thirty in the morning. And yeah. Yeah. Special, college class yeah especially those day. weeknight shows those some <laughs> of those were horrible yeah yeah i just uh complain a little bit on my snapchat about it and just yeah. go about my day Pay your dues and get better exactly better time slots and all that stuff yeah man better pay it's yeah. just the way it all it always works that way man you just gotta you gotta try and that's yep. uh that's what it comes down to i mean that sounds like it's your story too you yep. just had to go out there and try go out there and plug yourself you know make just get yourself out there and you know you're the best thing you know that ever happened that's that's how you have to really exactly approach it whether you, you just got to believe in yeah, yourself man. really like exactly um i used to be a very 
um, self-deprecating person. Oh yeah. You know, and and all that does is prevent you to do, prevent you from doing what you want to do. Yeah, I feel like unless you channel it the correct way, it's just it's it's a huge hindrance. Yeah. And like I used to look at it that way too, where I just, um, I don't know. I I was always super hard on myself, but it's what like what forced me to get better because it's like if I don't if I don't want to be hard on myself, I've got to at least try harder so then i can say i at least tried and yep. then and then if i try then it, i don't know because I, I had so much through my 20s i would just give up on stuff that i like wasn't good at initially and i realized that it takes more work than that initial oh, five man. minutes you put into something you know so then you have to just try a little bit and at least if you put your best foot forward and tried you have that yeah you know so there's some positivity I'm sure my can... parents wasted lots of money on me for my different little Oh. things like oh i'm gonna be i'm gonna i want to do uh taekwondo or like <laughs> i want to uh <laughs> do this and then like you know <laughs> yeah. not stick with it yeah you know and then and then when you're older and they're like hey we saved all your stuff and they like unload garbage bags yeah in your like little small space that you can <laughs> that you yeah. have already and you you're like i'm never gonna go through this stuff like i need to get rid of it yeah yeah like, I see all, all, I think this is your way of saying, like, we raised you good, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, like, look at all this money we spent Look at all this on. stuff we spent on you, like, and my parents weren't, like, wealthy or anything. Yeah. They just, like, wanted to give what they could. Bingo. Yeah. I mean, Except for a guitar, which they ended up doing, like I said, yeah. in college. But, like, oh, man, they probably hated me, you know? <laughs> like, I just blasting music and stuff is uh, sometimes a rebellious w- statement yeah i wonder what my parents think about that sometimes like buying me a guitar was it a mistake or was it a good thing i don't know yeah or, like now probably it's a good thing but when and my I was... kids i mean i i hear them banging on the drums or whatever downstairs and it's like man, i think i did something right Heck you know? yeah like i mean obviously there's other stuff that annoys me you know but yeah but when it comes to music i'm you know my wife might not sometimes might not like it but but i'm like all right you know but they're they're into art just as much as you know my wife is too that's awesome so i appreciate it man um i'll put i'll put links to everything in the description below just uh send them my way and i'll i mean i'm pretty sure i know most of where all your stuff is but if you got any special links you want me to share just let me know all right all right sweet thanks Thanks, for doing the podcast boom have a good day man yep Huge shout out to Emery Brown for uh, meeting up with me to do the podcast. Uh, I had a great time. You know, sometimes it's not always easy to meet up with people because schedules change, etc. But we got it done. We got together, uh, had a cup of coffee before the show, and uh, ended up recording a great one. Uh, nice guy. I absolutely love hanging out with Emery. I've known him for about two years, and I just never really sat down and talked uh, personally with him too much other than uh, at shows. I see him quite a bit, but... Uh, you know, it's always great to sit down with a friend and talk to them about their history and stuff like that. So thanks, Emery. Uh, appreciate you sitting down with me and doing the podcast. Uh, if you want to check out all of Emery's stuff, I got the I got it in the descriptions down below. There's a ton of sleepover stuff everywhere. I hope I shared all of the best parts. I mean, there's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. He's on Spotify. They got YouTube. Uh, there's that music video that we talked about a little bit on. That's on the YouTube channel. So make sure you go to that YouTube channel and check out their YouTube uh, I mean, Emery's got stuff everywhere. So, uh, shout out to Emery one more time. Uh, super appreciate him doing the podcast with me. I have decided that if anybody wants to do any sort of sponsorship for the podcast, uh, I'd be more than willing to do a read before and after the interview for uh, 
any company that's willing to shoot me a few bucks and support what I do, and I'd be more than willing to support what you do. Uh, I'd prefer it be some something kind of relating to the music community, but uh, I've, I've sent some feelers out here and there to a few people, and and we'll see what happens. If anybody wants to uh, do any sort of a sponsorship for the podcast, or you know, maybe just do just an advertisement for one week and see what happens just just shout at me let me know what you think um i got some great podcasts coming up just send me an email we'll figure it all out um i got an email for audible farm at audiblefarm at gmail.com so uh either that or just hit me up on social media uh, we'll get some of the details worked out so appreciate everybody listening this far um thanks again to emery uh super shout out for meeting me and uh, doing the podcast so uh thanks everybody we'll check you next week 